Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. It will be such a good feeling to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And when you see all the other saints marching in, to be in that number is what we long to do. I don't want to miss that day. I don't want to miss that time. I don't want to be standing on the left hand when I see all the saints marching in and I was left behind. I don't want that to be. That would be, would be a very sad, sad day. But if we are in that number, that will be a glorious day for eternity. A day that will never end. Happiness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more trials, no more tribulation, no more tears. It all be over. And we could be live happy with the Lord throughout eternity. Don't you want to get to see his face in peace? Aren't you curious about what he looks like? Aren't you curious about what the creator of all the world is? We were just talking the other day about everybody has a different fingerprint on that one body and there's billions of people and nobody has the same fingerprint. Don't you want to meet that one that created all those things? The tiniest insect where you need a microscope to be able to see until the biggest hurricanes that pluck up trees and throw things across. That same God does the most biggest things and the most smallest things. Don't you want to see him in peace? Because one day we're all going to see him. That's a fact. But we want to see him in peace. We want to be able to live with him forever, not be burning throughout eternity and saw him, but now can't go live with him. That's not what I want. But man, would it be good to hear well done. All of this little chaos that we got going on down here is not even to be compared to what God has in store for us. God is a good God. We're going to read a little bit about a foundation. We talked the last Sunday about taking out the stones and clearing a path and not laying down the same foundation of repentance, doing the same thing over and over again, but to move forward. God wants us to move forward. And this day is going to be a little different. It took me, this lesson was actually very, very fun. We have a list of scriptures, but we're not going to go to all that. <laughs> I don't want to put you guys to sleep. But a foundation the Bible says in Revelations that the walls of the New Jerusalem was built on 12 foundations. Now, the Bible does not say our foundations. It just says Jesus Christ is the foundation, the sure foundation, and we'll get to that. But I put together a list 
according to the Bible. So if you go try to look for what I am saying, you will find it, but not titled as a foundation. So you will find everything that I say in the Bible, but not foundation written under it. Because the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 foundations had the 12 tribes of Israel, or the 12 apostles' names on all the foundations. Well, a foundation is a stone that cannot be moved. A foundation is some is a structure that supports the building that it's that it's under. So Jesus is our support. He is our structure. He is everything that we need. If we build on Him, we won't be lost. If we build on Him, everything will be just fine. If we build on Him, we will be able to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, if we build on Jesus Christ. But I put together a list of scriptures. We're going to just, I'll tell you where they're at. Each one of us is going to read what I put together as a foundation. And the foundation, the starting of the foundation is obviously love. It is Jesus Christ. And if you have that kind of structure, the rest of your foundation will go in order. You cannot have the rest of your foundation without the very first layer laid, which is Jesus Christ. We're going to be reading out of Isaiah, the 62nd chapter, I'll be reading that one, and the 10th verse. So today's Sunday is going to be just a hint, not really different, but probably not as like the normals because we don't have that many scriptures the big ones to cover then we're going to go to hebrews 12 1 through 4 isaiah 28 16 and first corinthians 3 11 through 13. now the rest of these we're going to read them um and all of us kids somebody's going to have to have two they're short but uh, we're not going to be here all day they're short but we're gonna we'll start off with mary mary can read matthew 22 37 through 40 and also Luke 13 so if you could mark those or write them down those will be yours Javi Matthew 6 14 through 15 also Hebrews 11 6 okay you will be reading Mark 9 23 Eric Luke 9 23 Laura 1st Timothy 4 13 Adam 1st Thessalonians 5 17 Luke 21 19, Jane, Matthew 24, 12 through 13. I will read 2 Thessalonians, or 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, Ecclesiastes 12. I will be 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, and Alice will be Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. Now, all of those are 12 verses that I looked at as 12 stones for the 12 foundations. If we build, our lives on these 12, we can call them principles if you want to, or these 12 foundations, it's impossible to go wrong. It's impossible. It will be, your life will be very, very well set. We're going to start off with Isaiah, the 62nd chapter, beginning at the 10th verse. And it says, go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway. Gather out the stones. Lift up a standard 
for the people. There's a lot of times that we, we are, are so used to going in a direction. And the Bible says there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. We are so used to going in a certain direction until when we get different directions, if it's uncomfortable, we don't seem to want to do it. If it's going to take us out of our comfort zone, we want to question it. But God is saying, I want you to go through these gates. I want you to begin to pick up the stones that are in the way. And the reason we need to pick up the stones that are in our way is so that we can say like Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. How would it look if we were trying to tell somebody, this is the way and you need to follow me, but we're stumbling everywhere that we go. Nobody's going to want to follow somebody else that's stumbling and falling down and, and getting hurt. They're like, that's probably not the path that I want to go down. If all you're doing is stumbling, I don't want to go. But when we begin to walk with God and he begins to show us different things in our life, don't do this or don't go here or do this a little bit different. And we begin to pluck those stones and to move them out of the way so that we can prepare a path that we will be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, we will be a living example. See, Jesus was a living example. John the Baptist was a living example. Moses was a living example. They were, we, they were able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And as you read about them, they're not stumbling. They're not falling. They're not getting all twisted up. Even when they tried to twist Jesus in his words, his, pre his way was prepared. The stones were removed. Everything was ready for him to just walk a good, clean, solid line. And so when they would try to trip him up, there was nothing to trip him up for. Because he knew who he was. And if we know who we are in Christ, they won't be able to trip us up that easy either. The devil can throw anything he wants, but our path will be on Jesus Christ. And his path was a smooth path. There was no stumbling in the path of Jesus Christ. So we need to begin to move everything out of our way. We need to begin to move things that we can have a clear path. So when we preach to somebody, when we talk to somebody, not only do they hear our words, but they watch how we live. See, people don't just listen, they look. And they follow based more off of looking than listening. You could tell somebody all day long about anything in the Bible. But if you're not living it, they're not going to really want to follow. Or they're really not going to want to believe it. But if you are living it, when you talk about it, there will be power behind what you say because you're walking that life. There's a scripture that says, don't tell somebody thou shalt not kill and you're over there hating your brother because you're same as a murderer anyway. Don't tell somebody that they can't commit adultery when you're out there having so-called fun. Don't tell somebody that they can't do something if you're doing the exact same thing. And it tells us in the Bible not to be that way. In other words, live your example. Live what you preach. Live that life that you want somebody else to live. So when we begin to move these things out of our way, it goes to verse 11, says, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the world. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. 
Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called sought out a city not forsaken. When we start building on this foundation of Jesus Christ, we will be that city that is not forsaken. We will be that prosperous city that cannot be moved. We will be that house that is set upon a sea hill that cannot be hid. When we build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, any other foundation isn't going to work. We have to start the first row of the foundation has to be love. It has to be Jesus. He said, on these hang all the law and the prophets on love. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and your neighbor as yourself. And you will fulfill all the rest of it. It's impossible to not fulfill the commandments if you have that kind of love. If you have that kind of love, everything else will fall into place. When you're outside and you begin to dig this ground and you begin to prep, prep the ground for the house, then you have to dig. And after you dig a good whatever your house is going to be and you pour that foundation and you make that foundation solid, that's not the, the it. Okay, the house, there must be a house, there's a foundation, that's not it. Now you have to go get the materials for the house. Then you have to build the house. There's a whole lot of process that goes into it. But if you just build your house on the dirt, how many of us know that the earth shifts? And if you're on a hill, the mountain shifts. We used to have to go every year and dig this trench because the lady's house was by the mountain and every year the mountain would shift and so it would push her fence. So we had to dig between the fence and the mountain to give it some space because the mountain shifts. Now if you build your house on a mountain without a good foundation, your house also will begin to shift and it will begin to get crooked and the doors won't open and close anymore and things will begin to crack and you'll start seeing the cracks in the, in the walls because they begin to shift you have to dig deep you have to the the loose the dirt is the deeper your foundation has to be to give it stability so if we don't have Jesus Christ as our stability we're going to begin to shift when the devil comes in like a flood you're going to start seeing all the cracks and the things that are going wrong in our lives and we begin to fall apart because Jesus was not giving us that stability we have to have Jesus as our foundation and Jesus is love we're going to Hebrews 12 1 through 4 wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which do it so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against him, lest ye be worried and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against him. See, there's a difference between the love that the world calls love and the love that God calls love. See, the world kind of mixes their love in with lust. It's not really love, it's more of the, on the lust side of life. God's love hates 
wickedness. God's love hates evil. He said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And what is the fear of the Lord? To hate evil is the fear of the Lord. See, the world, they don't, they don't think that. They want to say, I love you. I love you very much. I love you to death. But they don't really give you instructions. They don't really give you positive instructions like, hey, do, don't do that. You're going to ruin your life. You know, don't don't smoke those cigarettes. Those are going to cause you cancer. Those can give you heart disease. Those drinking can really hurt your liver. They don't give you this. They say, if it makes you happy, go ahead and do it. No, that's not the kind of love that Jesus had. Look at when he went into the temple. He didn't tell them all, it's okay if you guys want to sell in, in, in the temple. I mean, Jesus, God knows your heart. That's fine. No. He said, you will not make my father's house a den of thieves. And he whipped them out. Why? Because he loved God, not the flesh. So when we love each other, we exhort each other. We tell each other, don't do that. Let's run. Let's let's go. Let's get this. Let's do the right thing. Because why? We want to see each other in heaven. We want to see each other make it if we really do love each other. And that's how God loves. So when Jesus is our foundation, we begin to hate the things of the world. We begin to hate sin. And we start loving God more and more and more. And when you love somebody, you want to get to know that person. When you really love somebody, you want to get to know that person. You want to spend more time with that person. Whatever. Even sometimes they say jokes that aren't even funny. But if you love that person you laugh even if it wasn't that funny because you love that person you want to make that person happy what's the same thing with God when you love God you want to make him happy you want to become more close to him you want to understand him better you want to see things the way he sees things you want to start putting aside yourself and just say Lord what can I do to be closer to you when you really begin to love God you begin to want to act like him talk like him look like him just follow him wherever he goes and when you begin to do that we're going to go to Isaiah 28 16 therefore thus said the Lord the Lord God behold I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone a track stone a precious cornerstone a sure foundation he that believeth shall not make haste and that cornerstone is Jesus Christ God gave us a sure foundation. Now the word, he that believeth shall not make haste. That word haste means to be in a hurry, to have anxiety. And with what that is meaning is remember the disciples when they were in the ship. And Jesus was with them. But he was asleep. And when the waves begin to crash upon the ship and the winds begin to blow, they begin to panic. They begin to worry. How are we going to survive? We're going to die. What do we do? And the Bible says that they were trying to survive. They were trying to make things work out for them. And the Bible says when you believe in Jesus, when Jesus is that cornerstone, you're not going to be in such a hurry. When bad things happen, you're going to know I got the captain of this ship sleeping. I got the captain of this ship on board. Nothing's gonna go wrong. You won't be all afraid when your bills can't get paid because you know that Jesus can do anything. You're not gonna be all worried when your children act crazy because you know that Jesus can change anything. You're not gonna be worried when bad things begin to happen to you because you know that Jesus Christ can handle anything. He said those that believe won't be in haste. You're not going to be worried. You're not going to be in such a hurry. In another scripture, it says, don't be anxious for nothing. 
but with prayer and supplication. Don't be so much uh, anxiety. I don't know how it's going to work and I don't know what to do. We don't need to feel like that because we have Jesus. We have him as our foundation. He is our stability. He said, I know the things that you have need of. So if we let him be the foundation, then we don't have anything to worry about. We're going to 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 13. For other foundation can do, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hail, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. See, if you build on Jesus Christ, and I'm not saying it's a good idea to build with hay, we had a lesson about that, but if you do, as long as you're building on Jesus Christ, he says that your work will be tried, and if it burns up, you will be saved as by fire, but your work is going to be perished, and you have to redo it. So not that you're going to go to hell, you just have to redo it, but you have to build on Jesus Christ. You can't build on some other foundation and think that God is going to approve it. He's not. But you have to build on Jesus Christ and then your work is going to be tried. And if it stands, you'll receive a reward. If it doesn't, you got to rebuild. Because it's but as long as it's on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now these are some things of the 12 foundations according to Revelations that I kind of was intrigued. And the first foundation is love, which is Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus saith unto you, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the So if the first foundation is Jesus, it is love then we have something we can build on. And we know that the rest of what we are building will be stable, it will be sure. It's not gonna crack, it's not gonna fall, it's not gonna be persuaded, it's not gonna be moved. It will stand strong on the foundation if our foundation is love. Now when you love somebody, you wanna repent if you do something wrong. You wanna just say, you know what, I'm sorry, my bad, I, I didn't, even if I didn't, I'm sorry. And I, you want to repent. The second foundation that we need in our life is repentance. We need to repent. Repent means not to just apologize, but to change course of where you were headed. So we were headed for destruction, but when we repent, we change course, and now we're following Christ. So we need to stop doing what we were doing that was ungodly and begin to do the things that please God. We need to change course. So the second foundation is repentance, to stop from being sinful and start to live a righteous life. Luke 13, three through five. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, Ye shall all thy perish. For those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell, and slew them, thank ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all not perish. Yes. If we don't repent, we're going to all perish. We have to all repent. That should be our second foundation. And the third foundation is forgiveness. You could repent and you could turn away, but forgive. God said, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, that so-and-so did me so wrong, I can't forgive him. Well, basically what you're saying is, God, you can't forgive me either. 
And if God doesn't forgive us, we're not going to make it. It doesn't matter what somebody's done to us, how they did it, when they did it, why they did it. None of that even matters. What matters is did you forgive or can you forgive? And if you're having problems forgiving, that's something you need to really work on. Is Lord, help me to be able to forgive from the bottom of my heart. Because if we don't forgive, he said, God's not going to forgive you. And if God doesn't forgive us, where do you think we're going to end up? We're going to end up in hell if God don't forgive us. We're going to Matthew 6, 14 through 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. See, it's not just talking about family. It's talking about people in general. No matter who it was. It doesn't have to be, well, forgive your brother and okay, he's my brother or my sister or my family, so I, I, I have to forgive them. No, it's people in general. It's whoever does you wrong. You have to forgive them. But forgiveness doesn't just stop at forgiving that person. Forgiveness also starts also to forgive yourself. See, people have so much guilt and shame that they can't let it go and that just hinders them from growing. You got to also forgive yourself. If you have stopped doing what you were supposed to stop doing and you repented and you turned to God and God forgave you, why are you still holding on to it yourself? You got to let it go yourself. God forgave me. I forgive me. I'm not guilty anymore. I don't have to live in that guilt and in that shame and, in, and burden of what I did in the past and my past is so bad. You don't have to live there. When you left your past, Jesus said, I will take your sin and cast it into the sea and will remember it no more. So if Jesus doesn't remember it, why are we holding on to it and still feeling guilty? We have to also forgive ourselves. Yes, I made a mistake. I did wrong. I really went off the deep end, but Jesus brought me out. He forgave me. I quit. I can forgive myself and move forward. How many people are still on the same prayer of, Lord, I really messed up and they're not doing it no more. But the devil's just feeding them guilt. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. No, you're not guilty anymore. Once God forgave you, you were no longer guilty if I don't care what it was. You're no longer guilty anymore. So then we need to forgive ourselves. When we forgive ourselves, we can move forward because we're not carrying that burden and that guilt and that shame anymore. Yes, the Bible says that we're supposed to be ashamed of what we've done in the past, but not to carry the shame just so that we won't return. So we don't have to carry that guilt. Once God forgives us, we are free and clear. But then after we repent and after we have been forgiven and we forgive people, then faith steps in. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now we have to have faith that we are building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Now we have to have faith that if I follow Christ, he will lift me up. If I build this on love, God will accept me. If 
If I do what I'm supposed to do, the Lord will be pleased and he will give me all the precious promises that he promised. If I build on Jesus Christ at the end of the day, I will be a part of that church that he's coming back for. He will be coming back to take me home that where he is, I will be also throughout eternity. I will be able to be with God if I do what he asked me to do. If I build on the sure foundation of Jesus Christ, we have to have faith that it will work. But what is faith without believing? See, you can have faith that God is real or you can believe that God is real, but if you don't have faith that he's going to do what he said he was going to do, it's not going to get you nowhere. And you can have faith that God is able to do whatever he said he could do, and then you go through something and you begin to question, but will he? I know he can, but will he? You have to believe that he will do it. You have to believe that God will keep all of his promises. You have to believe that if I follow Christ and I put my faith in Jesus, he will do all that he said he would do. And we're going to Mark 9, 23. <clears throat> What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked? Anything is possible if a person believes. All things are possible to them that believe. You can't stop doing something, believe that the Lord can bring you out, and he will. You want to grow stronger in the Lord, believe that you can, and you will. You want to get to know who God is a little bit more, believe you can, and you will be able to. You want God to talk to you, then believe that when you read, he is talking to you. And you will find out that you will understand the Bible a lot better if you only believe. Because all things are possible when you believe. You need anything you need. If you're sick, you need to be healed. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need whatever you need. God can and will do it if you believe. So when we go to God and we begin to pray, Lord, I know you can, but then we have to believe he will. And then we will get what we ask for. Because he said, if you waver, if you doubt, don't even think that you're going to get what you ask for because you won't. So our foundation needs to be love. It needs to be repentance. It needs to be forgiveness. It needs to be faith. It needs to be belief. And one thing that people do not see coming is you have to have a foundation of self-denial. The Bible says we're going to go to Luke 9.23. And he said unto them, Oh, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. If you cannot decide, deny yourself every single day, it's not going to work. What does that mean? That means that you have to deny your only fleshy desires and make sure your spiritual desires get satisfied. You got to pray every day. You got to read every day. When you don't feel like praying, you need to pray. When you don't feel like reading, that's when you need to read the most. When you don't feel like fasting and oh, it's not going to work, that's probably when it was going to work the most. And the devil's trying to get you not to do it. You got to deny yourself daily. How many times have I woken up in the morning and I have time to read before I go to work, but I think, you know, I'm so sleepy. One more hour. You need to learn how to deny yourself every day. If God wakes you up and puts it on your heart to read, you need to deny that sleep and get up and read. If he puts it on your heart to pray, I don't care what comes up after he put it on your heart to pray. Don't let that bother you. Deny it and pray. Whatever God puts on our hearts to do, we have to deny everything that comes after that. 
once you're going to go to church and you're getting ready and you're hyped up on Saturday and I'm going to go to church Sunday and a whole list of things begin to pop up. And if we do not have enough self-control to deny ourselves and I'm going to go anyway because this came up before all of that, we're not going to make it. He says you have to deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Our next one is reading. 1 Timothy 4, 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. He says give attendance. The word attendance means something that is always there or present to be somewhere. So if you give attendance to reading, which means if I have an opportunity to read, I'm going to do it. If you have an opportunity to read and you decide not to because you had other things to do, then you're not being a good attendant to reading. How many times do we go to school and that's one of the part of the grades is attendance? That's part of your score. That's part of your report card. That is part of your grades when they grade you is attendance. Have poor attendance and your, your, your uh, grades drop. Trust me, I know. They drop really bad. Homework and attendance People have, a lot of people, especially children, don't really think how important those two things are in school. Don't do your homework and you'll probably get an F at the end of the year because homework is a very big, and especially in college. You don't do your homework, you, your grade average is very bad. And if you don't show up, it's horrible. I almost got kicked out of college for those two things. I did good while I was there, but my homework was hardly ever done, and I didn't like to go to class all the time. So it's my grade, my GPA was a 0 2.0. That's as low as you can get, or you get kicked out. And it was based on those two things, homework and attendance. How do you think it is in the spiritual walk with God if you're not going to be there? You're not going to grow. And if you're not going to do your homework, which means you're not going to meditate on him day and night, you're not going to grow. You've got to be there. You've got to give attendance to reading, which means if you have time, if you have an opportunity, take it. Read. Understand. Get as much knowledge as you can. That is our other foundation. And another one is praying. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Pray without ceasing. Bible says men ought to always pray, lifting up holy hands everywhere. If we're not going to pray, we're not going to make it. What did Jesus do? The Bible says that he prayed all night long. We have to pray without ceasing. Ceasing means if you have an opportunity, take it. If you miss your opportunity, you're not praying without ceasing. Ceasing does not mean that you have to pray to pray 24 hours, seven days a week, because that's impossible. You have to sleep. But ceasing means an opportunity. So if you have an opportunity to pray, take it. Pray, always. Every opportunity, every chance you get, make sure that you pray. That is another foundation, is a prayer foundation. But what happens to no matter how strong you are, how much you pray, how much you read, if you have zero patience and you can't wait? The Bible says we're going to Luke 21, 19. In your patience, possess ye your souls. In your patience. If you don't have patience, that means you will not wait on the Lord. And he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But you have to wait on the Lord. 
You have to have patience. If you don't know how to have patience, that's something you really need to begin to pray. Lord, give me patience. The next one is long suffering. Matthew 24, 12 through 13. And because iniquity shall abound, and love and mercy shall wax cold, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. He said, because iniquity abounds, and this world is getting worse and worse and worse, and the love of many is waxing cold. But if your love stays hot, if you endure to the end, I don't know how many more years or days or minutes I have left on this earth, but whatever I do have left, I will not let go. Those are the ones that are going to be saved. You have to be long-suffering. You have to have patience. You have to stay with the Lord. You have to continue to build this foundation, and your life will be successful spiritually and physically. The next one is Thanksgiving, which is in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And it says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That is God's will for us to give thanks. So if we're not going to do the will of God, do you really think we're going to make it in? No. If you're not going to do God's will, you're not going to make it in. So no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, no matter how horrible it may seem, give thanks. Because it's only to make you stronger and it's only to get you closer to God. He's not going to let you go through something for absolutely no reason. Well, I'm sorry, but as he said, that's just the way the ball bounces. That's not how God works. Uh, I'm sorry, man, but that, that's just life. It just, it just happens. That, that's not the God we serve. If you go through something he already knew from beginning to end, and yes, I'm going to let this happen so that they can do this. It's always for a reason. It's never for just an accident. Everything Jesus went through was for a reason. Everything we go through is for, everything we go through is for a reason. Nothing is an accident. So then we need to always give thanks in everything. And the last foundation, well, I won't say last, but number 12 is fear of God. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. Let us hear the confusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. It doesn't matter what we do in life. You can't hold a secret, not from God. We could probably hold it a secret right now. And as some people say, I will take this to my grave. And they may. But when God sits on his throne to judge, every secret thing will be all out in the open. Everything, whether it's good or bad. But there's one very beautiful thing. Is when you repent, he forgets all the bad. So when you stand before God and he begins to judge you, he doesn't remember none of the bad. So it's not written down. So when he begins to read your name out of the Lamb's book of life, and he begins to say, oh man, they did this, and they prayed, and they fasted, and they had mercy on each other, and they loved one another, and they kept my commandment, and the list goes on and on, and I, I could imagine, I know as a child, when, they would, when we used to work for money, 
at the end of the day when it was time to get paid and they began to read the list of the things that I did, my heart would get happier and happier because I knew that the reward was going to get bigger and bigger. He swept the floor, he washed the dishes, he mopped the floor, he cleaned the bathroom mirror, he cleaned the toilet and my face would just begin to smile because I knew that here we go, we're going to get a good payday. But those Fridays that I would stand there and Mary would read one or two things that I did because I didn't do the rest of my things. It wasn't that great of a week because I knew that the pay was going to be very small. But with God, when he begins to read the things that you did, keeping his commandments, I could just imagine standing there with the most excitement of I pulled through, not because of me, but Jesus walked with me through all the way and he got me to where I am today. And now you can listen to everything that you endured. That would be a glorious day. But when he gets those other books, because there's more than one, and he opens those other ones, and he begins to say, oh, I remember such and such a day. You did this and you did that. And you say, oh, man, it's all bad. Good and evil are not in the same book. So if he opens the book of life and your name is written in there, you've got nothing to worry about. Because your name can't be in both books. So he said, I'm going to bring everything you did, whether it's good or evil, I'm going to bring it out. And I'm going to show everybody. Everybody's going to know everything. Saints, we need these foundations. So the first foundation is love. Then repentance, forgiveness, faith, belief, self-denial, reading, praying, patience, long-suffering, thanksgiving, and the fear of the Lord. You can't go wrong with those are your foundations. You can't go wrong. No matter which way you turn, if you have these as your foundation, you're not gonna go wrong, you can't, it's impossible. Because those are all written of what God told us to do anyway. So if those are our foundations, we're gonna be able to build a temple that is well-pleasing to God. And when the winds do blow, it's not gonna move. When the floods do hit it, it's not gonna move. The Bible says that when they were in the ship, the boat began to fill up with water. But you notice that boat ne never did sink because it had somebody in that boat that was impossible to take out. So it doesn't matter how bad your life may seem. If you have Jesus, it is impossible to take you out. The Bible says the boat did start filling up with water and the winds was contrary and the waves were boisterous and, and it was just, they thought they were going to die. But it was impossible to sink that ship because Jesus was in that ship and it was not going to go down. It might rock a little bit and it might cause you some tears sometimes, but it is impossible to take you out if you got Jesus in your ship. If you got Jesus as a foundation, the Bible talks about those two houses that were built one when they dug deep and they built it upon the, a rock. And the Bible says that the wind blew and the waves hit it and the rain descended and beat vehemently upon that house, but it stood strong. The Bible doesn't say he's going to take away the storm. He'll just make it possible for you to go through it. Those both houses had the same storm. Just one fell because it didn't have a foundation and the other one didn't because it had a foundation. So if we find ourselves going in a loop, same thing over and over and over again we either one your land is full of stones or you don't have a foundation your house is shifting everywhere you go you need anchors you need to be stable you you need to be rooted and grounded in christ our next lesson is how they root and ground a house to a foundation 
because you cannot just put a foundation on a house without attaching the house to the foundation. Otherwise, the foundation is pointless. As you build you a nice, good, sturdy foundation and it is good and then you don't anchor the house to it, the wind blows, there goes your house. The foundation still be there. You have to anchor the house to the foundation, which means we have to anchor ourselves in Christ. We can't say, well, Jesus is the sure foundation and then we don't get anchored to him because we still will be blown away. You have to be anchored, rooted, and grounded in Christ. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ The altar is open if anyone needs prayer just come up. you have shown us uh, for every time you talk to us when we read your word uh, for every time you listen when we pray uh, I thank you for everything that you have done my God it's because of your mercies why we are not consumed it's because of your loving compassion why we are still standing today my God and Lord I ask and I pray for each and every one of us Lord that you will help us to remove every sin that does so easily beset us everything that is in our way to get to you my God I ask that you will show us what it is and you will help us get rid of it my God that the path will be made clear in the name of Jesus that we will be able to say follow me as I follow Christ my father don't let it be that the day that we hear your voice we harden our hearts on God but my father bless us to listen bless us to be obedient in the mighty name of Jesus Lord you are the sure foundation my father be the foundation in our lives my God be the foundation that we build upon be the foundation that we trust in be the foundation that we lean on be the salvation of the, the 
nation that we run to, my God, for the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous one is intuitively saved. My Father, be the foundation that we are anchored and grounded in, that everything we do will prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that when the winds come, when the floods come in, my God, when the rains descend, my God and when you see this temple of the Holy Ghost you will be able to send the comforter and it will abide with us my God for it is a place of your rest it is a place for you to dwell it is a place for you to have your name there my God Lord let your name be written upon the table of our hearts my God let your name be written upon our foreheads, my God. Let your name be written in the name of Jesus upon the doorpost. In the name of Jesus. My Father, that we will not slip, O oh Lord God. And that the destroyer will pass over us, O oh Lord God. My Father, strengthen each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Lord, don't let it be that at the end we become a castaway. But Lord, rebuke the devourer for your sake, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, my God. Lord, don't let it be that our hearts are filled with things that are not of you. But Lord, take it out and let us be a vessel fit for your use. You are the potter. We are the clay. My Father, clean out our hearts in the name of Jesus that we will be able to receive you in the name of Jesus that you will suffer with us. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. In Jesus' name. Lord, remember us and keep us under the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. Make us worthy to escape all that shall come to pass. Make us worthy to see your face in peace. In the name of Jesus. Make us worthy, my God, that our flight will not be in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. But we will be ready whenever you call our names. In the name of Jesus, Lord, mold us and make us after our your will. In Jesus' wonderful mighty name. My Father, we are your children. Mold us and make us after your will. You are our God and our Father, our leader, our provider. Help us to reverence you and to love you with all of our heart, 
mind, soul, and strength. Teach us what it is to repent, my God, in the name of Jesus, to turn away from the things of this world and to set our affections on things above and not on things of this world. Bless us to forgive all those that have done us wrong in the name of Jesus and help us to forgive ourselves, my God, in the name of Jesus. Bless us to use the faith that you have delivered unto us, my God, in the name of Jesus. Bless us to put our faith in you, my God. Help us to believe when we pray that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Help us to deny ourselves daily and follow you and pick up our cross in the name of Jesus. Help us to give attendance to reading in the name of Jesus. And Lord, help us to understand what thus saith the Lord unto the churches, my God, in the name of Jesus. My Father, bless us to pray without ceasing in Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. My Father, help us to have patience for in our patience, possess our souls. Give us the patience that we need. My Father, bless us to be long-suffering. Don't let us give up, for the race was not given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong, but to those that endure to the end. Help us to endure to the end until you call our names in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to be thankful. Help us to give thanks for everything, whether it be good or whether it seem bad. Bless us to give thanks in the name of Jesus. My Father, teach us what it is to serve you with fear and trembling in the name of Jesus. For the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Help us to hate the evil and to do the good. Help us to shun the wrong and do the right in the name of Jesus. Lord, that at the end of the day, you will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. My Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. My Father, thank you for these precious moments, oh God. Lord, why not today, my God? They said, what is hindering us from being baptized? Lord, we believe. Help thou our unbelief. In the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to trust you today. Why not today? Don't let us wait till the next day, for tomorrow is not promised to us. But help us to love you and believe and to build and to have you as our foundation today, my God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. If I, if I love you, Jesus, then why? Lord, why not today? Thank you, my God. Lord, don't let it be that we wait too long. Don't let it be that we lay the foundation of repentance over and over again. But forgive each and every one of us, my God, and bless us to live a holy life. 
listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you and may he forever keep you